Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm Jill. Today's the 23rd day of November. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This is a day we set aside to uh, stop and pause and consciously give thanks uh, with the people that we love, family and friends, and sometimes friends that are family. It seems to be one of those acceptable days to eat far too much and it's funny uh, probably middle of last month is uh, when my son Ezekiel and I start craving this day of carb overload and now it is upon us so happy Thanksgiving to all of you who observe this day and uh, maybe we could just stay in that mindset of gratitude Thanksgiving pausing, consciously and verbally expressing the things that which we are grateful and thankful for to God and to one another. I am extremely grateful for every gift of one of my five children, my two additional children and spouses uh, that gives me another daughter and another son and my five grandchildren and of course um that amazing man that i get to call my husband and i am so grateful for each of you and this community that you're here for your love for your prayers for your support and for your love for one another jesus said that's how the world will know that we are his by the way that we love one another and you all do it so well so happy thanksgiving moving right along we're here to read the word we're back in the book of acts today reading acts chapters 15 and 16 and this week we're reading the new living translation acts chapter 15. while paul and barnabas were at antioch of syria Some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers, Unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by some local believers to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent the delegates to Jerusalem, and they stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria to visit the believers. They told them, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles, too, were being converted. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. They reported everything God had done through them. But then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted, the Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve this issue. At the meeting, after a long discussion, Peter stood and addressed them as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. God knows people's hearts, and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke 
that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear. We believe that we are all saved the same way, by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. Everyone listened quietly as Barnabas and Paul told about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. When they had finished, James stood and said, Brothers, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for himself. And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted, as it is written, Afterward I will return and restore the fallen house of David. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it, so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including the Gentiles, all those I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken, He who made these things known so long ago. And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write and tell them to abstain from eating food offered to idols, from sexual immorality, from eating the meat of strangled animals, and from consuming blood. For these laws of Moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues in every city on every Sabbath for many generations. Then the apostles and elders, together with the whole church in Jerusalem, chose delegates, and they sent them to Antioch of Syria and Paul and Barnabas to report on this decision. The men chosen were two of the church leaders, Judas, also called Barsabas, and Silas. This is the letter they took with them. This letter is from the apostles and elders, your brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching, but we did not send them. So we decided, having come to complete agreement, to send you official representatives, along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are sending Judas and Silas to confirm what we have decided concerning your question. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. The messengers went at once to Antioch, where they called a general meeting of the believers and delivered the letter. And there was great joy throughout the church that day as they read this encouraging message. Then Judas and Silas, both being prophets, spoke at length to the believers, encouraging and strengthening their faith. They stayed for a while, and then the believers sent them back to the church in Jerusalem with a blessing of peace. Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch. They and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord there. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled throughout Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches there. Paul went first to Derbe and then to Lystra, 
where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by believers in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. In defense to the Jews of the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left, for everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area, Phrygia and Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Treos. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. We boarded a boat at Treos and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace. And the next day we landed at Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home, and she urged us until we agreed. One day we were going down to the place of prayer. We met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We are all here! The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. 
Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in this household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. The next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, Let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, The city officials have said you and Silas are free to leave. Go in peace. But Paul replied, They have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison, and we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. Then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. So yesterday we read in the book of James one of the messages of endurance. And then today we see the message of endurance played out with Paul and Silas. And I hope that we can grasp this concept of persecution because I know I've heard that word thrown around in the last few years of religious persecution as it relates to our religious freedom. But to really grasp the context, the word of persecution that's happening within the early church and for those who don't know church history it carries on for centuries people literally dying for a difference in beliefs for professing the name of jesus so unless we know anyone that has personally died for their religious beliefs it's hard to really understand that concept and i would argue further that we are misusing the word persecution to be beaten for your faith is a concept most of us will not understand so we could argue that paul is just merely exercising his religious freedoms by commanding a demon out in the name of Jesus. Those words got him and Silas beat and imprisoned. Uh, Silas is guilty by association. And I hope we can hear this and not adopt this as a solution to uh, a, a formula of faith, because we tend to do that. Oh, if you just start singing praise songs to Jesus while you feel like you may be imprisoned and and a thunderstorm will rock your world and the chains will fall off and God will rescue you. This is what happened in this story with Paul. Become empty rhetorical formulas to people in hardship and suffering. It's a very maybe insensitive response to hardship, suffering, 
the brutality of life and the brutality of life at the hands of fellow believers that may differ from us in our theology. But what I hope we do gather is the depth of belief and faith and hope and endurance from Paul and Silas in the midst of brutality and imprisonment. Maybe even an example of the endurance that James spoke of in our reading from yesterday. And then maybe we can zoom the lens in just a little further and talk about the integrity of Paul and Silas. They could so easily have walked away with the cell doors being flung open in the middle of an earthquake. Thanks, Daddy-o. Peace out, death averted. Uh, but they stayed. And maybe that is a really good example of integrity and character. Not just doing what is right when people are looking, but doing what is right when no one is looking. And because of their integrity, because they did what was right in the eyes of no one that was even watching, people came to know Jesus. And that even sounds insensitive to someone who is suffering. Well, your suffering will bring someone closer to Jesus. But maybe how we respond during suffering, maybe how we respond to the question of our integrity, what we do when no one is looking, knowing that ultimately God knows it all and He sees, knows our hearts. Maybe when endurance requires us to hang on just a little bit longer than we ever anticipated without any foreseeable idea of what is coming next. Maybe these things are the true testament of our faith to those who are not in relationship with Jesus. Maybe these components of what makes up our faith are what we can gather from today to say, I can take that away. I can sit and examine my integrity. I can see what I value by stopping and taking inventory of my life for a second. I can see how I'm responding or not responding in times of needing to hold on just a little bit longer while surrendering my idea of how to clean this up really fast and move on. Are any of these things easy? <laughs> Absolutely not. But maybe the hardest of the hard things in life make the most lasting impressions in how we proceed and how others perceive us as we proceed. Are they wanting anything at all to do with Jesus because of the person that we are? Jesus, we thank you for this time here together in your word. We thank you for these messages that can be components of our faith, endurance. What formulas have we learned along the way that we need to let go of? Integrity. What are we doing behind closed doors when no one is looking? What are we trying to hide from you, knowing that there's nothing we can hide from you? What are we trying to hide from one another? Because we're afraid that if people really knew us, they'd have nothing to do with us. What do we need to confess? I pray that we would take 
some of these questions today and examine our hearts, our lives, and that you would meet every single one of us. Give us the courage to move past the shame towards your embrace, towards your love and your forgiveness, your kindness that leads us to repentance. And I thank you on this day of giving thanks, on this day of gratitude, on this day of plenty and harvest and overflowing that we would pause, reflect, give thanks to you. I pray this now all in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I pray that your day is uh, filled with love. I hope it is spent with people that you love and people that you like. So from our home, from my heart, from the Hardens, and from this little turkey, I'm Jill. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll turn the page together tomorrow. Until then, love one another. Hi, DABC. This is Cynthia from Texas. Um, I wanted to call and give y'all a few updates. Um, so my brother, William, that y'all were praying for, who um, had the concussion when he was 15 and has been sick for 12 years, um, he um, has a little bit more energy, but he feels like he is overdoing that by going to a Bible study every week. Um, he really wants to go to this Bible study. It's really life-giving to him. Um, and it's basically his only social outlet. Um, so would y'all be praying uh, for him um, to have enough energy for that? Um, my mom had her surgery, her knee surgery, and it went well. There's like a three to four month recovery time. So she's still recovering. Um, so y'all, y'all's continued prayers would be very much appreciated. Um, I also wanted to ask for prayer for me. So I am 35 weeks pregnant and um, I'm gonna be giving birth probably around 38 weeks because that's what I did last time. Um, so really soon. Um, last birth was very traumatic and very long and it took me six months um, to be able to talk about my birth without bursting into tears. <laughs> Um, so, um, I've had a lot of healing since then, um, but these births are also very close together. The other one was just, um, 14 and a half months ago. Um, so anyway, would y'all pray that I would be ready for this birth physically, emotionally, that it would go faster and easier, that I wouldn't tear. And, um, yeah, just that that God would help me through it um, and I'd be emotionally in a good place the whole time. Um, thank you all so much, God bless. Hey DABC, it's Refined by the Fire in Ohio. I was listening and um, praying along um, and rejoicing. There's so many uh, awesome things that have been happening and I just thought I would update you. My friend Jen, um, they re-diagnosed her um, with a type of cancer that has a one to two year um, life expectancy. And obviously the family's taking that really hard. Um, but the Mayo Clinic has put her on a trial uh, with a new medication. And after two weeks, her um, areas on her lungs has reduced by 50%. So 
I know that's not just the medication, that's also the prayer. So I wanna thank you all for praying for her. And then can you just be praying for my dad? Um, we are going to deliver the blankets to his nursing home on December 1st. And I'm just praying that he would have a day of clarity to be able to participate in that um, and to be able to, to understand what's going on. He was always such a generous um, and giving heart. And I would just love for him to be able to participate in giving his friends at this facility their own blankets. Um, so I super appreciate it. I love all you guys and I will check in soon. Hi, DABC family. This is one beloved daughter again. I really hope that the Lord God would have this go through if uh, it's meant to be. This is for Grace, who I hear how broken her heart is having this toxic marriage. And Grace, I have no idea what the Lord would have me say to you. I don't know what His will is. If since you're in a marriage just like that. I was in a very abusive relationship with a boyfriend many years ago when I left and I went back home and lived with my parents after that. So being in the marriage, I really don't know. I'm sure he doesn't want you to be in a relationship no matter what kind it is and be treated like that. But I don't want to tell you leave, stay, get divorced, whatever, because I don't know what his plan is. But <clears throat> anyway, I don't know if you're supposed to leave for a while and get separated, you know, just live apart. I don't know. But all I know is I really want you to know that I, my heart is breaking for you. I want you to know that I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. I'm hugging you holding you from this side of the phone. And I am just praying very hard for you. So, Lord, please give grace your wisdom, your peace, your comfort, your protection. Um, provide for all her needs financially, everything, a place to go if she needs to leave. I mean, just every kind of wisdom. Help her to be still, listen, and hear you. Um, you know, let the, the husband, like, see uh, how she is different and sees the Lord in her and maybe... You know, use, and so hopefully that'll be used to change his heart because he needs you so much too, Lord. So thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.